It's Thursday again, tell everybody to lock in Grab some popcorn, a drink, and go and throw your airpods in It's a one-hour show, constantly speaking facts Bulletproof stats are always shooting from Matt And when it comes to Kyle, you getting numbers and style Jake is gonna educate you, he has that knowledge on fire Player, step your game up, don't be sluggish or lazy Or Jimmy J might hit you with a shaky baby Catch him on YouTube or any podcast platform Breaking all the news down like Shaq does the backboards No hot takes, this is where the hottest debate's at Now kick your feet up, cause it's time for Straight Facts What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Straight Facts, a sports show that educates and entertains, presented to you by the Up On Game Network. It's your boy, James Jackson, joined by Jake Galley, Kyle Sirik, and Stat Matt Robinson. What's going on, y'all? How we doing today? Doing well. Doing very well. We have a huge week of football. This is when it starts to get real and the teams start to play like football their Football in December, opponents. baby. Football in December, Yeah, baby. very, very tough football coming up. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, good. I'm good, man. Uh, I'm going to the Eagles game. I'm talking about football. I'll be there on Sunday. We got Washington. Matt V, if you're listening. We're oh, yeah, this, yeah, yeah, there you go. And Jake gave me his pen, and he thinks he's getting it back. But. <laughs> I need that. That's that, that's my pen basketball pen, dude. I can't yeah, do it without it. I'm, I'm just going to follow you guys. I'm so excited for Eagles-Washington on Sunday. It's, it's the first time in a while that the Eagles have had, like, playoff hopes in a season that didn't seem dreadful it's just like not every, it's just like a fun hey we could make the playoffs really? playing Tw- division since, rival we're favored since 2018 i would say probably i was about to say because it like really you think you think so you think some of the, the, the 2018 everything went wrong yeah. and we squeaked our way in 2019 yeah, everything but, went went wrong we yeah. squeaked our way in yeah. 2020 we were awful and uh and I can't say it's like the Super Bowl year because it's not like the Super not Bowl quite. Before, not year at all. Before we get going to the episode, because Kyle, I noticed you have the Hail to Pit uh, hat on. How do you how do you feel about your your boy Kenny Pickett, quote unquote, changing the game with with that fake slide? Where, where do you where do you side on? I that? think that unbiased he, aside for real. I like, think it was dope. I mean, I, should they change the rule? Yeah, but he's the only one that's ever done that, and they had a rule. It's a Kenny Pickett rule now, right? So, there was the okay. tuck rule. Now you got the I Kenny Pickett rule. I forget. I'm, I'm talking to a pick. Like he's you. You, you love like. But you don't the, think the that legacy, was dope, the, the dude? That highlight is dope. Though, that man. was cool. Yeah, it was cool. You can't admit it. Now, now should it? I just thought of rule, it from a defender's aspect. Rule? I just thought oh, of it from, from, from he a. He took advantage of a hole in the rule book. Yeah. Which is what you're supposed to do when you win, and then the NCAA patched up the hole. Yeah. Should they have changed I'm, the rule? Yeah, but the highlight. I'm glad. I'm glad they they acted swiftly because. And Ryan Clark tweeted it. Ryan Clark was like, "Don't blame me when I knock your quarterback's block off. Right? Like, don't don't blame me when I do oh, that." Oh, the rule should have been changed. But what's cool about it is this: the only time it's ever happened, and we it's twenty twenty one. We're playing football, and they just had to address yeah. this rule. Like it was. You want to know why? Because no, it's unfair. Because it's like because quarter, quarterbacks well, have probably thought of it. and They're like, happened. I can't do that. Because like uh, the, the next the time whole you reason try and do it, you get blown up on. Like yeah. some guy runs through your head. And you wake up in the back of a hospital. I did. I did watch the ACC championship game, but did he slide the rest of that game? Probably. I don't know. Kenny just runs. Kenny, I would. Kenny I would doubt. Hits. I would. I would. Right. I would doubt if he tried to slide the rest of that game because yeah. you. Because as a defender, like okay, the Which next he, time you try to slide, I'm. I'm. Nah. I'm taking the targeting penalty. I'm nah. taking off He's the sure embarrassment. I'm taking the targeting penalty. He yeah. probably slid. He actually does need to change that though because he takes a lot of hits. Uh, fun fact: found this out over the weekend. Someone showed me Kenny Pickett was committed to Temple. University to play football yep. at one point in his recruitment process, and uh, that fits. You know what? That, what? that that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Good for him to get out of there. 
He dodged the bullet. Like, oh, no, he, good job, Ken. He dodged the bullet. All right, let's get into the episode. That's enough of, of Kenny Pickett. Future, There's future, never future, enough of Future Kenny Eagles Pickett. quarterback. That's why I brought it up. That's why I brought, <laughs> I brought it up to say that. Future Eagles quarterback, oh. Kenny Pickett. We're going to actually go into the NFL and talk about a big week in football. You talked about for the Eagles. It's a big week across the entire NFL, really. It's week 15, and now it's when we start to get into the real thick of it with these playoff implications. And a lot of matchups are going to lead directly to that. And we'll start right now with the 9-4 and four Chiefs going to the 8-5 and five Chargers. Chargers coming off a big win. The, the Chiefs are, are look right. They look like they're, they're back right, especially after that performance. But 9-4 and four gets 8-5. and five. The Chargers really need one to keep pace. And I think if the, Char- if the, the Chiefs get this one, that's the, the, the separation is starting to get like real noticeable again between it, them and the rest of the It's AFC. really ridiculous that – like, they are able to flip a switch, so to speak, and it's like, oh, yeah, it's time to win some games. And it's not like their offense has looked, like, completely back. There have been flashes where the Chiefs um, have been impressive on offense. But, yeah, these two teams tied in points per game. They're the fifth and sixth best passing offenses uh, in the league, respectively. But the big hole, and this is, like, the matchup I'm going to be looking at, is the run game. Uh, the Chargers fourth against the pass, pass very good defensively, but 31st in terms of yards per game against the run. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire getting in the end zone two times probably has him feeling pretty good. So I, I would imagine last time they played, the Chiefs lost the game, but they were able to run the ball 30 times for 6.2 yards a carry. So I would have to think this game's going to be won or lost in the trenches, which is very cliche to say. But, I mean, it's true in this one. And it's funny because going into this, the billing, if, you know, from the outside looking in is we're going to get a shootout of a ball game. We're going to get, you know, 35 plus points, 400 yards blown across the board. But I, I kind of agree with you. I think whichever team does dial that in, maybe not for the entire game, but makes that like the, the preface of setting, setting the tone, I think win. I think they win. And when they, whenever the Chiefs do run the ball really well, the rare times that they do, they win the football game. Yeah. Everyone talks about the Chiefs versus the Chargers defense, but – we need to talk about how great of a turnaround this Chiefs defense has had. Yeah, yeah, crazy. talk about it. Yeah, yeah, talk about it. Yeah, it's about it. unbelievable how horrible they were. They've allowed a combined 48 points over the last five games. That's just nine a game. And they played Derek Carr twice, who's mm-hmm. not a scrub. They played Dak Prescott. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater's not that good. But still, the fact that they've completely turned it around – just there, it's like, oh crap, we got our gutter. We got, we have to get stuff together. And they did. They're, they're, they're the two time defending AFC champions. And their defense is finally giving them some reason, the offense, some time to grow and fix itself, which it may have done last week. Yeah. Uh, uh, people are starting to say more than just the Chiefs defense have gotten it right. They're starting to say the Chiefs defense is the best defense in football or is playing like the best defense in football. That's because Nick Wright has too much airtime on team. <laughs> I mean, is, is that is Hold that up. is is that I mean, is that factor overreaction that the Chiefs defense is playing like that? Or, or is it just relative to what they were doing in the first yeah, eight, that's nine the, weeks? That's of the season? thing. You know recency bias, especially with sports analysts, like, oh, they flipped the script. That's some people always want to say. They flipped mm. the script. I think they're playing great. I think they have a you know, based off recent performance, probably a top 10 unit in the league right now. The best in the league? No, I'm not going to go there. But going back to this game, I, I actually think this game will shoot out. Um, I mean, the projected over under right now is 52 and a half. You know the Chargers aren't going to get away from passing the ball with Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. They did it last week with no Keenan Allen. I think Keenan Allen's back tomorrow night. Of course, it's the Thursday night game. I don't know if we mentioned that earlier. 
and KC will do it too. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. This, the big thing that I'm seeing is Rashad Slater's not going to play. Rashad mm-hmm. Slater. That's huge. Yeah. He's about to be like an all pro left tackle. Yeah. His rookie year. Huge. And now you want to go against who's on the other side? Frank Clark, guys like that to come at him and get to the backfield. I think that could be a big problem for the Chargers. And you mentioned if the Chiefs win, right, they uh, they probably separated themselves for winning the division, right? I think if the Chargers win, they're now the favorites to win the division and might very well do it. They've already beat the Chiefs once. Now they'll have 2-0 and on the Chiefs, hold the tiebreaker. They'll have the same record. Chargers got the Texans next week. You could probably chalk that one up to a victory. And then they got Raiders and Broncos, right? Not freebie games, but, I mean, on the other side, Casey still has to play Cincy. They got some mm-hmm. tough games, too. So I think just as much as the Chiefs can break away, obviously they break away, they have more of a cushion to win the division. If the Chargers win this game tomorrow, I think they win the division. If, if the, after, I think you're right. Yeah, but yeah, I also yeah. think the Chiefs are thinking about the one seed, not the division. Right. Because if the Chiefs get the two or three seed, they have to win three playoff games. And I don't think, with their better experience, if they're the five or six seed because the Chargers are <laughs> the division, I don't think they're that worried about that. I think they... The buy is what's important to them, but the Chargers need the division win just from a playoff series perspective. This game's a lot more important for the Chargers than it is for the Chiefs because yeah, right. if they have, the Chargers aren't going to win a road playoff game against a division winner unless someone in the AFC North is really creaking. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we talked about their offensive t- statistics, how similar they are. We're looking at two very similar offenses, especially <clears throat> from how they run from the quarterback position out. But if we look at the, the teams and where they are in their season – like, I think it's a different. Like, to me, this is the, the turning point for the Chargers season. After this, they got the Texans, Broncos, and Raiders. You win this game, and it's you got the mindset of we're winning now, and, and Kyle, you said it. We're now the front runners of the division. For, for me, it's the Chiefs' chance to solidify them back to where Matt said they were last year, or last week, I mean, saying, like, no one else has taken the throne in the AFC. We're, we're still the kings of this thing. Right. I think that's where both of these teams are. I guess that, that could be a turning point for the Chiefs, too, but it's more of a – like a validation or, or solidification for the Chiefs. It's the turning for for the Chargers. The, the light the light flips on if you're Los Angeles if you win this game. And I think so, some of the – we talked about the flip switch for Kansas City. A lot of that obviously had to do with the defense. I think it's like their last six games they haven't allowed more than 20 points. And it's against some really good teams too. You think about the Packers, the Cowboys, Las Vegas can, you know, score sometimes. I don't think they're a great team, but – you know, point stand. So not last week. And I, yeah, right. Yeah. And I think that um, you know, for Kansas City, it was somewhat personal. Like Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, not having like the best years ever. They're obviously still very good players, but and then that can, you you can go down the offense. Patrick Mahomes not having a very good year. So um, this is kind of the first time that the dynasty has been the quote unquote dynasty has been tested, and we'll see. I I think that they're going to probably end out the year as as the number one seed. Yeah, that, that's what I'll say. Fact, and if they do, it gets scary. Patrick yeah. Mahomes has never played a road playoff game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I actually just heard that stat for the first If they time do the end too. up this one seed, that means they finish the season strong, and that's all the Chiefs need right now for a healthy playoff run, mm-hmm. right? Don't let them go in, you know, a little soft into the playoffs because they haven't done that yet. They've gone in best team in the AFC, second best team in the AFC. The years they've done this year, they won the Super Bowl year, they made the Super Bowl and lost. Don't let that team come in now five straight victories, six straight victories into the playoffs. That's all that team needs to just be the top of the AFC by a wide margin the way stuff's going. 
playing your best. I always say like there's something to be said to playing your best football yeah. end of November, December. It looks like January. we could be on that track. It could be scary. Yeah, that that does get scary. Scary. All right, we'll move on to the to the next game that we we got a kind of a, a key in on right now, and that's the Bengals seven and six at the Broncos seven and six as well. Two roller coaster teams. I mean, Matt, Matt B stood right here in week three or something like that and said, "I'm ready to put the Bengals in the playoffs." Then they go and lose, you know, to the Jets, and, and it looks really bad. Then they go and kill the Steelers, and you're like, oh, it, it, it looks good again. So I think you got kind of the same thing with the Broncos, where the Broncos had a hot start, then they tanked, then they got up again, then they went down. Now they're they kind of back up. You know what I mean? Very, two very similar teams again. I think, you know, that's why they're both 76 and going to this matchup. So I'll start on the far end. Matt, like, this, this is what we're looking for. Um, the Bengals really can control their own destiny right now if they win this and they beat Baltimore and Cleveland in their final three games. Um, so who are, you, who are you looking at in this matchup right here? I'm looking at uh, Cincinnati. I trust Cincinnati because they are what I expected them to be, which is a good but really inconsistent team. And they, they just seem like the team that can that will – this is like they had up and down, up and down. Last week against the 49ers was an up and down, up and down game within it. The fact, I really, even though they lost, the fact that they came back from 14 down – Got the tie, took the lead in overtime, and then uh, got kittled, basically. Yeah. Um, just shows the fight that they have in that team. They're having a lot more fun than most teams in that conference because they have no expectations. I like Cincinnati, and I think it's kind of like a loser's eliminated kind of game, too. Yeah. Because uh, the Broncos lose this game. They play the Chiefs week 18. They've, they, they've lost 14 consecutive games to the Chiefs or something like that. So they, they really need to win this game, and I just think this is where the Broncos have had a valiant season, but they're they're going to bow out here. I, I this think is time it's of the season where Teddy Bridgewater I, see, this is, I think it's tough. I think the Bengals um, probably are one of the most frustrated teams in the league right now. You go back two weeks ago, they're playing from behind against the Chargers. They come back. Joe Mixon fumbles the ball back for a touchdown. Chargers blow out that game, end up winning by like 20. Last week – they play horrible football till like halfway through the third quarter, muster up another comeback, send the game to OT, lose an OT, right? I mean, this team right now is playing, like has the talent, I agree, to be a good team, right? Has the talent to knock off anyone really that's in front of them in the AFC, but they're coming up short week after week, and I'm not sure if that gear is going to turn for them. I mean, Broncos are coming off of a bye week, essentially. They played the Lions, I know. It's not technically a bye week. But they got to run the ball like 45 times and beat them by 20-something. I mean, I think the Broncos are actually like hitting a groove right now, set up. I think they could actually do it. Yeah, this game, in my opinion, it's going to come down to Burrow. Yeah. Like, yeah, how, so how, right before you start, I just want to say one thing. Burrow needs to turn it, on, turn it on earlier. Yeah. Dude, he didn't turn it on last week until like the fourth quarter He's against San Fran and then looked amazing. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's true. And they they need him to like be that always, like you're saying. Yeah. Uh that was the first game in a the past four games, so in a five game stretch, uh, he had not been over one hundred passer rating in any of those previous four games. And that game against the Niners was also Burrow's first multi touchdown game um in that same stretch. So he has struggled and Everyone loved to parade around Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is awesome. I was wrong about him. He can catch a little bit. Um, <laughs> a little bit. Jamar Had that Chase tough is awesome. job against the Chargers, though. And he, yeah, and he also fed the interception. Right? He can catch, and he also feeds interceptions to D-backs. But, you know, you look at this team now and where they're ailed. Without Jamar Chase, they still have Tyler Boyd. They still have T. Higgins, who T. Looks, Higgins awesome. looks awesome. They yep. still have Joe Mixon. But 
where they're struggling on offense is protecting the quarterback still. Burrow, exactly. second in the NFL in sack percentage. He's tied with Lamar. But they but they knew this, right? They knew this. That's you knew this. You sold your soul to get Jamar Chase. You knew this, they right? They had an option to, to pick Penny Sewell. Mm-hmm. He was right there, and they passed on him. And yeah. everyone, all the Bengals fans, paraded around, hey, <laughs> oh, we don't need to pick a tackle. No, you do. You, Burrow's getting mangled. 41 sacks, most in the NFL. He's tied for the most interceptions. With uh, Trevor Lawrence, the other number one pick, struggling right now, and it's like I, I don't know, like it does, like clearly Jamar Chase is not solving some of the issues with Burrow, and I think the only way you solve those issues is with a solid offensive line. But and this is the last thing I'll say on the game, it will come down to how perfect Joe Burrow can be. Yeah, be- I, I was yeah, that's exactly what I was. You look say. at the stats for Denver. Here's what I would be scared of if I'm on the Cincy sideline. Right, the second most. Uh, drive time and average plays per drive. You turn the ball over, you lose the turnover battle. You're not, you are not going to see that ball back for a while, mm-hmm. and that's not the game the Bengals want to play. Yeah, and right. the Bengals can get ran on. And yeah. Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, like you know, you don't think of them as premier backs, but that backfield is very good. Now people are sleeping on Uncle In Melvin offense, this year. People yeah. sleeping on what Uncle Melvin been doing. And Javante Williams now is very. I mean, yeah. the, both of them had two touchdowns last week. Mm. I mean, against the Lions, as I said, bye <laughs> week. But I mean. It's crazy. I, I think the Broncos are a very consistent football team, right? Maybe playing a little better than expectations, but at this point in the season, we know who they are now. They can mm-hmm. really give you a fight. They blew out the Cowboys. Yeah. And the Blues and Eagles the week after. But, I mean, it happens. So I think this game playing, the game's where? In Denver? A lot closer than people think. I do think it's Joe uh, well, Burrow it's, and it's, it's, I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's Joe Burrow yeah. and Cincy's offense against – the Broncos. I defense. think when a I lot think of that, I think that's where that's I, where the game is won. Yeah, right there. but I, I agree with you, Matt. Like I know that you think it's going to be close. Yeah, it will be close. But I think when a lot of people look at this game just on the billing, the probably average NFL viewers, like, oh, since he wins, eh, there's a lot more than that. You there's think so? More to, you think yes. that that's the easy connotation? Really? The average person? Yeah, I think the average NFL. Dem- fan. Denver's been kind of being looked down on like all year though. Like, Denver's so, like, not flashy. Why. People look at Burrow like, oh, he's the man. I mean, this is – I don't know. Do we have, like, a line on this game? Like, what would you guess? I'm assuming, I'm assuming it's Denver by three. Minus three, right? Yeah, that's what I would put it because um, – That means it's uh, down the middle because, you know, you get three points. Right, you get three game. points. Yeah. So, what – and I don't – It's two and a half right now. I don't know, dude. I might take Denver at that number just because you have the key number of three and then on top of that, they're going to have the ball the majority of the time, most likely. So DVOA has got him 18th and 19th. Man, that's tight. <laughs> that's tight. This will be a good game. This will be a good game. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the one that y'all are going to be circling. Matter that, fact, what that, time is that? that, that <laughs> you want to circle that? You got your own game to go That's what to. I'm saying. Like, is that a 4 o'clock game? Because that's a game I want to watch. I'm not sure. We can go to the game I'm going to, though. All right. Let, let, let's go to it. Eagles versus Washington football team. Two, six, and seven Four teams. Clock. Both chasing the Cowboys in the NFC East, which, by the way, is not a foregone conclusion at all. And, and this, uh, so the Cowboys are going to win the division. Yeah, right, let, 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 let's see if one of y'all got something to say. But probably. But let's see, because Washington is still on their heels now. We talked about last week how they're not 100% in the clear. But anyway, Eagles versus Washington. Washington is currently in the seventh seed, which is the last playoff spot in the NFL right now. Uh, they play each other twice, these two teams, in the last four weeks of the season, essentially having the same schedule between them. But it's a big one, man. Week 15, Eagles-Washington football team. I'm going to skip Jake because I know what you're going to say. Dude, I can't talk to any of y'all, really. I can't talk to any of y'all, really. I'm going to For don't some reason, I don't know why. For some reason, I feel like Kyle's my alliance when I got to, like, jump Eagles. Uh, and then, then it's like, as I am. I'm going to the game, so. Yeah. Even more. This is what I'll say. This is what I'll say. Uh, last week, Taylor Heineke looked horrible. Mm-hmm. 
horrible. Uh, they lost. Uh, was it Jonathan Allen on the D tackle? He's out. COVID That's big. Won't play. Uh, he's their That's best huge. defensive lineman. That's huge. How's Terry McLaurin? The birds. Uh, McLaurin might have a concussion. Didn't yeah, have a catch. Know, right? Got knocked out in third yeah. quarter. Um, thing about the Eagles is, and we've said it two weeks ago talking about the Eagles. They're playing really good football right now, right? And Washington was, but then they finally got their first test last week at home against Dallas and really weren't in that game. I don't think Washington has been pl- – I know they had a four-game win streak, but yeah. none of their wins were impressive other than I the Bucs. anytime win. you beat the Bucs, yeah. yeah the, say, the Bucks regardless, win. though, you know, uh, winning the first one. <laughs> you know this league. Winning four games in this league is tough to do. I don't care how you got those wins. Because right? the, the wins against the Seahawks and the win against the Raiders were just such bleh. And the, and the Panthers have been horrible yeah. since they started hot. And are they even though they they didn't really play the Cowboys close, they even though they played. That's them what close. I was about to say. Seven point game. That game wasn't close. Mm. And seven point is still a lot of points to lose by. And seven points happens to be what the Eagles are favored by this week. I think this number. Don't get too flashy on it. I think the Eagles are gonna. It's gonna look similar to the Saints game objectively. The Eagles Saints game I'm talking about, where the Eagles went in, played a great football game, beat them pretty well. And I think we're going to see that on Sunday. If you continue being the best running team in the NFL, I think you'd be in a kind of coincides. I think it's going to be very low scoring because I think the Washington's defense is really good. Um, On paper, man. No, but recently they've played well, too. They shut Dak down last week. Yeah. And it's 17-15, 17-15. And then, like, they played Brady pretty well, too. I, I just don't see how Washington can move the ball. Not because the Eagles' defense is good, but even if McLaurin is healthy. And his concussion isn't bothering him. I can see us getting ran on. Well, just just put Slay on McLaurin. Yeah, and I don't. And I, I, I think I think Eagles win this game like an ugly like twenty to three kind of game. Yeah, we're, it's NFC East football, ugly. Here's. Here. I think, the Eagles, <laughs> I think the Eagles can show us some stuff this week and come out. If they play a sound game, they're going to. I think so out. too. I mean, I, I see chinks in the in the chinks, kinks. I see kinks in the um in the Washington football team chinks in the Washington <laughs> football teams. Uh, armor uh, here, like we're having the worst, you know, pass defense in the NFL. What thirtieth in yards, thirty second in TDs. Having injuries to their defensive line. Like the Eagles are coming in, not not only on a roll, but being the best running football team in the NFL. But there's now there's openings to pass, and and who knows? I, you guys don't know who your starter is going to be this weekend. But but who knows if Gardner goes in and throws the ball? Well, over the starter. I almost prefer uh, Gardner to play. No, they announced Hurts to start. Did well, they, they announce they, him officially? Hurts, it was the team who announced it, or was it Hurts saying, I'm going to do everything I can do to play? I saw, that's what I, that's what I, I saw. saw alert saying but that, I, and he said the same thing last week, and they sat him, or two weeks ago. I would almost prefer Gardner to play this game, just like when we went to the Jets. Like, this one's in hand if we just pass the ball. So you trust ah. Minshew? All right, so here's our yeah. Here you go with the slippery slopes. No, if you just throw the ball. Going to the Jets game, or going into the Jets game, I was like, it's kind of better. Like we start Minshew this week. I think well, I, I, I had the feeling if five. I had the yeah. feeling like is if we started not even thinking about the Hurts injury, just if we started Minshew that week, we're playing the Jets. He's not going to do enough to lose us the game, and he's going to play well enough. His floor isn't bad. It's just Gardner Minshew. That, We've well, seen Hurts have some bad games. We saw him throw I, four interceptions. I think We've Minshew some, Minshew can have some bad games. Too. I don't, like, yeah. But you don't, but you don't think this is a game Minshew could lose you? No, you don't think this is a game Minshew could think, lose you? I think it is, but I think he won't. I'm going to actually take that back. It hurts to play. But my thinking in the Jets game of that this is an inferior opponent and he's going to be able to get the job done, I do believe that. But I think hurts to play, actually. 
Yeah, I'm not so sure if he will. I think Jay Glazer reported, so Matt said that they were splitting reps this week in practice, and Jay Glazer had reported um, that it was a two- to four-week injury. So this would be technically week three. He missed the past two. I mean, he didn't miss the past two. One right, of missed one by. But, I mean, it is still a possibility if he, if he is banged up and it's an ankle and he's a running quarterback. We've seen him put his foot in the ground and make people miss, and you love that about him. But you don't want to put him out there if there is a chance. I'm just saying I don't know for sure that it will be Hurts. Um, so saying that, going into it, I am still confident the Eagles are going to win this game. I'm 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 kind of trending towards the Eagles winning this game too. Like you 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 talked about the Eagles defense not being like so great, or the Eagles defense not being good. Like I think the Eagles defense is, is playing really well so far. And the, the addition of the Darius Slay is now officially the captain of your defense. Like Fletcher Cox may be the veteran state, statesman, but that's the best player on your defense. You know, maybe the best player on your team right now because he's playing lights out. And if you get if you turn Washington over, I think you only need one extra possession to really break this game open. Yeah. And then, like you say, Kyle, you kind of beat them handily after that. It may teeter between 10 and 14 points, but you, you have a grip on the game. And I think all it takes is, is for that turnover to happen once, cash in on it, and now you have all the momentum in this game. And one thing I will say is that it may be even smart if Hurts is any sort of banged up to start Minshew because remember that they see Washington in Washington uh, two weeks from now. Again, so this game's in Washington. Or no. excuse, this game's no, this no, game's in Philly. This two game's weeks. Philly. We, right, we right, right, I'm saying right. Yeah. They play Washington in Washington um, with the Giants in between. So if you don't want to, if you if you want to up the percentage of you winning both games, a good way to do that would be not showing them what the your offense against their defense looks like with your QB one. If you have a reason not to. I agree with that. If you don't need uh, all these wins, you need all right. these wins. That, that's right. No, that's you can't, fair. Can't, that's you fair. can't play with that's your food fair. right now. You need you need all these wins. All right, that good for the NBA talk. Are you are you okay? Well, are you okay with that over there, Stat Man? Because you really want to declare an Eagles win. Are you okay? Eagles are gonna win. Yeah, let's let's do picks. We yeah. didn't pick, we didn't pick any of these games. Yeah, let's, let's do we're it. Gonna go down. All right, all right. Chiefs Chargers. Jay, yeah, go ahead. Who's Chiefs. Playing? Chiefs because the Chargers defense isn't good enough. Chiefs. I'll I think do, it shoots out though. I'll do it. I'll say a Bertram gets them. Just, just, just because I hate when when a, when a full panel goes. It's gonna teams. be a fun game. It's gonna be a really fun game, but I think the Chargers can get it done. I'll go. I'll go uh, to Chargers. I'll go to Chargers okay. just for the sake of parity. Um, Bengals Broncos. Um, hmm. I don't know if I can be completely unbiased in this because I do have a bet for the Broncos well, to make. We don't need you to be, We yeah, just talked about the put, Eagles yeah, for twenty put, minutes. Put your put your analyst <laughs> hat on for a second, please. Bengals Joe Burrow looks like himself. Yeah, go ahead. Broncos. Broncos are the better football team. Bengals have more talent. Broncos are the better football team right now. Bengals. I'm also going to go Bengals. I think the, the, the oh. firepower. Don't let me be right one. on this one. It's for you go out of limit, you get it right. All right. I'm not Eagles, Washington. No, I'm not even. I'm not yeah, even I did. None of y'all. Not, it's you, no, y'all. It's, 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 it's a clean sweep across the board for the Eagles. Eagles yeah. easily. <laughs> I'm, I'll, I'll put it in the notes, Matt, that you said the Eagles Easily. So if it's not easy, if it's a one percent, you say game, you think it's going to be an ugly, an ugly. No, I agree. Matt, Matt did say this too. I agree. Ugly game, but easy game. Easy, so like ten points. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think to three. Okay, to that's three. a proclamation. I'm not going that far. I, I'm not going to predict anything is easy, but I think it'll look like the Cowboys game. I think we'll have it. I don't in think hand. twenty to three is that. Ugly. I think we'll have it in hand a decent amount. They might have a shot to punch back in the fourth, and who knows if they do it. But all birds right. win. All right, all right. You got it. We got it all on paper. We'll check tape. And we'll see who was right, who was wrong. I'll make a graphic out of it too. You know, he's always like to 
to put the final results on social media. We'll move on to the NBA because, as we always like to say, best time of the sports year and get the best of both worlds. And we're going to do that in this podcast. We move on to the NBA. And we've been trying to figure out what's the best way to encapsulate this, this, this kind of like weird mundane NBA season that's going on so far. So we're going to do some power rankings. We're going to start this week with, with the Eastern Conference. Next week, we'll go with the Western Conference. So we'll pull out the full one through eight ranking and put it on social media. But for right now, we'll do the first five of the Eastern Conference. You about to say something? No. Oh, my but fault. I, gonna, uh, I wasn't actually going to say that. I was moving my mic. But what we're doing here is we all put our rankings in. Mm-hmm. We all put them in one through five. Or, explain what we're doing. Yeah, one through five. All four of us had separate rankings. Um, one person's, Jake's, added, actually ended up being the consensus ranking, the average Shocker. ranking of all of us. So that's what this is here. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to go one through five. The consensus straight facts from Jake's mind is your conference power ranking. Yeah. <laughs> the first two we're going to go – well, actually, I'll go from five. I'll go from five to one. I feel like it kind of writes itself, though, in a way. For like, for these power rankings, like in my opinion, this is kind of Jake's trying to say he's the most objective mind. I just think that I'm not like like I feel like I didn't make any like big claims. Like, oh, the yeah. Nets going last year, like the Nets were the best team. I, will, you know, I actually we'll, only we'll, have one. We'll, we'll, yeah, well, but spoiling. I like, but I no, no, but I like, but I like how you're explaining the process because because yeah. I I do think like there's a when you, when we make these power rankings. Like you, you have your list originally in your head, and you change it because you're like, "Nah, this team's actually probably better." Than yeah. This team. You yeah. you try to to rewrite the script. You might be right. Yeah. So we'll we'll go from five to one. Number five, we'll start with the Chicago Bulls. Just a, a very smart basketball team. Twenty ninth and and three point attempt, but fourth and three point percentage. And we talked about when we, you know, a couple of weeks ago when we talked about they had the same kind of stat line, and it's just continuing. And all the things we've talked about from preseason to why they're the most impressive in the offseason to the beginning of the NBA season until now. Nothing has changed with the Bulls. They, they haven't they haven't dropped off. They haven't start, started, you know, fizzling out. They're, they're just great, smart basketball team, fun to watch, and they got a bunch of players on that team who, you know, are, are going for all-star bids right now. Uh, a wise man once proclaimed long ago, Bulls might be nice with one extra piece. <laughs> Turns out that one extra piece was DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan, baby. Who Crazy. would have thought he is uh, sixth in the league, even though he's dealing with the COVID bout, sixth in the league and scoring 26.4 points per game. Uh, and he's been a huge reason as to, like, why they've looked at him and Lonzo Ball. Mm-hmm. Lonzo Ball, also another big piece. Uh, I think that he's looked great in a Chicago Bulls uniform and what he's been doing there. But uh, I do worry a little bit because – a big and when I said you know oh, the Bulls could be good, it was with the idea that Nikola uh, Vucevic would be like a big contributor, and yeah, that he is kind of getting drowned out. He, he's definitely. It's been, not even that. I think he's playing poorly. Well, and it's he's only shooting. He's only shooting forty percent. I mean, exactly. it's tough. So, the, and I think he's right. He's, I think that he's is being a, asked to do some different things as well. I think that's a testament to the Bulls, though, because we have him ranked in the power rankings five, mm-hmm. but they're like the two seed in the East as we speak. So, I mean, I think it's testing Bulls how well they're playing. I was going to hit on the Vucevic thing. I think we're seeing him regress a little bit. I don't even think that's just other guys need the ball. I just think Vuce is playing a little poorly. Now, we've seen flashes of it in the past couple weeks with uh, DeRozan missing some games, some other bench pieces being out. We saw Vuce go for like 30 and 14 a week and a half ago. I think it could come back. But I think the big thing is that's a testament to how good the Bulls are, mm. right? I mean, I had him ranked five. As Jake did, I think you guys had him a little higher, um, but three. I, I think what we can say is they deserve to be on this list. 100%. We all had them on this list, so I mean, I, I think my concern is the depth as it's been all season with this team. 
Alex Caruso is now like a starter. They decided to what to do that with Patrick Williams. First out. in the league in steals, though. Put yeah. some respect. But then your bench is like Ayo Dunsumu, Derek Jones Jr. Who all give you good and... minutes though? Ayo Dunsumu. Yeah, but that's first and minutes. second off the bench, and like the rest of the guys are like whoever. Patrick Williams isn't. Yeah. Well, Patrick Williams is hurt. He's done. He's out for the year. Oh, yeah. he's out for the year. Yeah. Yeah. He's out for the year. That's I'm why reading they the wrong put Caruso in. Javon Reed. Yeah, they they are going to have an issue with depth, and they're also going to have an issue with like especially their bigs. Like you get matched up versus. Uh, like let's say the Atlanta Hawks, and you're you're going to have to defend pick and rolls with Vucevic, and Trey Young is the guy coming downhill at you. Like that is a hellscape. Well, I, I see a lot of, of Vooch getting drawn out. And maybe he is playing poorly, but you you kind of hit on it, Kyle. He's asked to do a lot of things, or he's getting put in spots he's not good at. He's not traditionally being put in. And we talked about how the Bulls were such a balanced team in the beginning of the season. Of I have my guys who, who play well in transition, my Lonzo Balls, my Zach Levines, but then I have guys who play great in the half court, my Nick Vooch's, my DeMar DeRozan's. And then the Bulls stopped playing in the half court. <laughs> and, then, and then Nick Vooch kind of got, you know, it, it comes in, 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 in little spurts. And maybe when you have guys that sit out, the half court games becomes a little bit more prevalent. Nick Vooch has a better game. Yeah. But they're, but they're, they're more of a, of a free-flowing offense. A, I don't want to say rim-running offense, but they're a full-court offense, and that's just not where Nick Vooch signs. But yeah. that doesn't – that's a testament to how good the Bulls are. Nick Vooch yeah. doesn't need to sign. Vooch has got to be better on the boards. But though. I think I he's know, playing poorly. I know he's guys. averaging 10.5 rebounds per game. Right now, yeah. But not 1.7 offensive rebounds per game. And as a team, they're 27th in the league in offensive rebounds. That's got to, that's got to be better. Vucevic, if he's not going to make his own shots, he's got to make – he's got to rebound his teammates' misses because 80% of his rebounds – 89% of his rebounds are coming defensively, which is a high rate on average. It's roughly around like 75-25. Right. Yeah. All right, we'll move on from this list. We're going down to the number four team. That's the Miami Heat, a team that I was very high on coming into the season. I still am battling some injury problems right now. Struggling a little bit, five and seven in the last 12. Kyle Lowry has his lowest three-point percentage since – 2010, also fewest blocks per game in the NBA as a team. The Bam bio injury might have something to do with that, most likely does. But that doesn't change their stature on our list. They still have, we still have it as the number four team in the Eastern Conference. And I think all things considered, when they get back healthy and get and hit a stride, this is not only a good team, this is a Jimmy Butler led team. All they need is a glimmer of hope, and they'll take that to the bank. Lowry's big for him, too. I mean, I, I think that they still, they, they've maintained their like heat identity, which I guess never was really a question, but Lowry fits perfectly into that. Uh, It does. It's a big, big, big detractor. And honestly, I kind of forgot it. It kind of slipped mind that Bam Adebayo is not going to be with them for such an extended period, which does knock their rating in my mind a little bit. It's not too much longer. It's like four or six weeks, I thought. Yeah, but, but he's like two down. I was gonna say we're two, like yeah, two, weeks two three it. down. Right, so it could be. Between and I, and, I, and, and when when I did my my personal ranking, I took that into consideration yeah. that the Heat team that we're seeing right now, the struggling in five of the last seven. This is, I mean, not not the Heat team that we're going to see all things considered. Yeah, and because they're they're the ten games without Butler too. They've missed. Mm-hmm. They're five and five in those games. So the more they, when they come back together, they'll be a lot more consistent than they have been. And then, oh, I, I haven't. I don't have Tyler Hero's numbers off the top of my head. Not that he's a, a, a focal point of, of any any thing that, that the Heat does, but yeah. he's probably taking a little step back. You take a step back. Taking, getting, your, having your best players out. He's, he's no one thinks of Tyler Hero as, as leading the Heat to the playoffs yeah. or anything. Yeah. So, it, so well, having mean, your best players out is going to hurt. You don't think like about that. the play. Well, I think in terms of production, 
he should be doing more with Who? the two best players out hero just in this stretch of games the, the he type should be, of, he should be his, but his numbers should just be way higher now but the type of player he is and and the, his game one he's a, he's a huge catch and shoot player yeah, so like he, yeah, yeah he exists within yeah stars. it helps but i mean like yeah, his last ideally seven, his usage rate has gone up in the stats happen in his last but seven it's not really a big in the last seven games he's only shooting 32 percent from three. yeah and, and, and that doesn't shock me so yeah. then i don't get to knock on tyler hero the thing about shocking. the heat a month ago they were the second best team like in the league to me it went like warriors heat when the season was starting i still think they can get back to that point I, like we're seeing a team that's just hit by injuries yeah, right yeah. not season ending injuries not at a bad point in the season i mean we're not even in the 2022 yet playoffs won't even start until like the fifth month of 2022 mm. so i think they're good um i think things i'm liking out of this team right now one we're seeing productive minutes from guys you didn't expect to and i know they're given more opportunity now sure. but pj tucker just had like 23 9 and 5 which was great which is like what's the last the fact, time pj tucker yeah, has the, stat the fact line that, like that we know he could do that mm-hmm. means when i put you into a way less elevated role and i only need you to take a couple shots and give your effort on defense he can still do that stuff we saw Caleb Martin go for like 28. I give Caleb Martin a shout. Yeah. yeah, 28. He had like 18, 16 point games as well. Plus him in an dunk. elevated role now is leading this team to where you put him in a reduced role and you can trust him. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel that way about some of these players before. But when Jimmy oh. Butler gets back, Bam Adebayo gets back and healthy, I think Bam will take a little more time. And Lowry will gel with his new team exactly. better too. Yeah, and- Lowry. Dude, I think this team – the injuries could help them in the long run. Yeah. The, and they're still playing decent ball. Something, something to be said about that. And, and the Heat are a team. Jimmy Butler is a star that when when ancillary players or role players start to shine like that and then they go back to their reduced role, Jimmy Butler is like, I I, I, I know how to use that. You're not just going to go back and, and fade into non-existence. Well, and that's like, the, there, there, will be, there will be a use for you now. He's the type star that other players, and this is I'm sure why Joel Embiid loved playing with him, like, he is a star that has the motor of like an Alex Caruso type guy, which not a lot of high level players because he's not he's not your go to scorer. Mm. He can be. He's not your go to defense. Well, he probably is in in this case. But point being is he's kind of like a utilitarian, like you can put him wherever you need to type player, and that's great for guys like Kyle Lowry, guys like Tyler Hero, who we discussed need guys who can kind of do that sort of thing. So between him and him, uh, Tucker. And bam, you have like an incredibly grisly front for your yep. defense. It's a, it's a very gritty team. They've had this mantra pretty much since the bubble, since, yep. they, since they got Jimmy Butler. And they're, they're a stay the course team to me. A lot of teams will go up and down. They're, they're, they're a team that will, be fun. that will that will stay yeah. even keels, that will battle through injury, will battle through adversity, just will we'll, we'll stay the course. And at the end of the season, we're going to look up and the Heat are going to be yeah. right, right, right where they were at the beginning, just and that's, through all this adversity. Going back to the list, that's why where I was thinking from and rating them. Mm-hmm. So I had Bulls 5, which we did, um, but my 4 and 3 I had flip-flopped, who actually played each other tonight. So I actually had the Heat 3 and the next team – Four, but I was looking at the team, you know, the healthy team, the uninjured team, right? I, I'm not doing weekly power rankings in the NBA. That makes sense in the NFL, but give me a little sample size, and I know guys are you coming gotta, right back. Mm-hmm. That's not how I'm going to power rank teams in the yeah, NBA. Got a much more of a macro view yeah. in the NBA, much more, especially when you know, like you said, yeah. the injuries. I'm not going to fast forward like three months from now. Who's going to be the best mm-hmm. team? But like, 
as of now, I know the Heat are fine. Now, if these injuries, of Bam was a season ending, or, or if we're not right, getting it back changes. till after the All-Star break, that changes things. Yeah. But that's not the case. Moving on to now the third team in the Eastern Conference, the Philadelphia 76ers, who are two different teams when Joel Embiid is on the floor and when he's not. Crazy. A, a Maybe a title contender, at least an Eastern Conference contender when he's there, and a lottery team when he's not, basically. 12-5 uh, and five with him, 3-8 and eight without him. I mean, it's it's it's, it's They simple. lost by 35 the Grizzlies the other night. It's it's crazy. So they're they're I mean, impressive little little um road trip you the Sixers had. I like the two road wins that you, that you guys had. Um, and then coming home and defending home court too. Double, so double Charlotte. Yeah, double <laughs> that was Charlotte. That was weird. I actually thought Charlotte twice. <laughs> when I when I turned the second Charlotte game on, I thought it was a retaping, and I was right. like, "Wait, no, they got different uniforms." On. And we like, play them like, in a couple weeks at home. Right, I'm going to that game too. It's crazy, but I will say I'm not down on the Sixers at all. I think when they, when Embiid is there, I, I, I give you guys a first shot against any team in the NBA. Yeah, I I wouldn't have them third, especially above the Miami Heat team we just talked about for the points we just talked about. Right, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo have been missing time, and the Heat played pretty good ball. Joel Embiid goes down. This has been the same song and dance that the Sixers have had for a couple of years. Yeah, but I Embiid can't hasn't put been that injured. Team. He's got COVID. He got COVID. Be, I didn't say he was injured. Him it's being not, out. Him being off out. the floor. Yeah. He doesn't have to be out of the game. When Embiid goes off the floor, like when Embiid is not on the floor, the Sixers are a complete different that team. That has been the case. I can't. I yeah. can't put him above the Heat for that. Not no, being right. down on the Sixers, but I can't. Put so him above here's the here's the main reason that I think a they will. Form like a cohesive team around Joel Embiid, and B they they should they just they they, they owe have it to, to him they have to well they, have they don't I mean there are more who said that he's fine to play the waiting game blah 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 like I think in the heart in their heart of hearts the Sixers know the clock has been ticking with Joel Embiid in terms of his prime <clears throat> has to is going to be shorter than other stars he's not you're not going to look up when Joel Embiid is forty and he is like LeBron James playing with his son not going to happen. So, not only should they, they have to. They also owe it to Joel Embiid. He's never had, like, another, like, the closest thing he's had to a perfect fit at the guard position is Jimmy Butler, who we just discussed, is not like a shoot. He's not your perimeter, take all the shots type guy, at least Mm -hmm. not at his best. So, if you're able to flip Ben Simmons or Tobias Harris for a guy like Toby for, let me poll you guys, Toby for... Buddy Heald and Marvin Bagley, would you do it? Yeah, do you, we have you to have Marvin to. Bagley? Yeah, you <laughs> want Marvin Bagley. Yeah, no, you, Marvin Bagley wants for it for the well, Kings. Do, do it for well, the Kings. You want Marvin Bagley. Who the Kings Marvin finally Bagley? started putting him on the floor. That's a good piece. Well, and he, but did want, you see, I'm he, saying the Sixers would want him. Well, he wants out, too. He's like oh, shaking he's his head out no, all, and they're like, yeah. go in the game. No. What do you mean no? What do you mean no? I would obviously do that, but why not just do it for like – and then you send Ben. ben then you yeah. send Ben for maybe you play the waiting game for Dame. Maybe you don't, and you just take CJ McCollum, or you just take uh, Lavert and and another wing. Like these are ways that you build the team to Joel Embiid's strengths. You need a guy who's going to, and I think they will get him, which yeah. is why they're third. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you brought up the Tobias Harris piece because I think a lot too much focus has been. <laughs> that's actually the perfect. I'm thinking in my head. That's the perfect trade, and the Kings would do it. Yeah, I think they're ready sense. to move on from Buddy. Davion Mitchell looks great. Tyrese Halliburton's already a starter. You can slot him into the two. So Buddy's fine to go. And then Bagley wants out. Let's upgrade the power forward position, anyways. And They'd maybe, want to pick. Could, yeah, and maybe you sneak, maybe you go give him a pick, sneak in Harrison the Barnes. You guys don't need Harrison Barnes. Give us a nice little stretchy wing. Isn't Toby going in this, though? You're talking about Ben. We mean the power He's forward. He's saying position. Toby. 
You want to put Toby at the four? He plays the four for the Sixers yeah. for like the past two years. Uh, I don't know if I'm the Kings if I want Toby. I think I, yeah, I don't know if I want last. Toby. But his, his normal position isn't the four. And it, to me, he plays He's like played a, the four for years. It's Sacramento, so I don't know how much of a choice they Sacramento's have. Sacramento's current four is Harrison Barnes. I mean, Toby's a four. I was right? just about to say yeah. they, play, they play the same position. He plays the same position. Yeah. He would add a dynamic wing that they have not had. Like Harrison Barnes, they want to be Tobias Harris, hasn't been. Marvin Bagley was supposed to be di- like a, a game changer, hasn't been. So this yeah. is a chance to, to see if you want to see what your all-guard lineup does. All right, let's get out of fantasy. Yeah. Let's get back on the six. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, I, don't, I don't see what the what – the It would work. But, but I'm, glad, I'm glad we're on the Toby point because I think he's, he's skating under the radar of a lot of this blame. We talked about, you know, at the end of the season last year. You don't have enough Sixers Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> not for me, yes. <laughs> not, not for, well, I love okay. Toby as a person, as a basketball a player. 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 It's just like – Oh, it's so frustrating. Am I am I, miss, am I missing are, all the Toby? Hate? They're more down on Toby than I am. But I, I don't think, think I don't think I'm seeing the Toby hate that y'all are seeing. I don't I think the amount of it anyway. It, he has like the game of Carmelo Anthony, current day Carmelo Anthony, without the ability to like get hot. Like that's that's my no, valuation that's not of even. Toby's. I think I think it's I think it's very disrespectful. I think I think it's timely because I think Toby does get hot stretches that don't matter. <laughs> like like I, I I think he does get hot. Like I, I don't think Toby, against the Hornets. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Tobias Harris is a bad player. I don't think Tobias Harris steps up in the time and and the amount that the Sixers need him to win to win titles. I mean, and shoot, that's the reason. And that, and that's, that's the reason. It. It's not because Toby's a bad. He's player. not bad. Toby could go for twenty six any night. And yeah, and, and, mo- and Kyle, most of those buckets will come in the second and third. I'm not quarter, saying any I, night. I'm saying like like just if he goes for twenty six, you're not surprised. No, no, he has the ability, and that's why. And, and those and, and those and those buckets and those buckets will come at second quarter, third quarter, maybe early fourth. Yeah. But when I need him to step up and make a timely bucket for me, where's Toby at, man? He's fine, but he's. Being paid like he's very the contracts good. the other part of it, and which is why you're probably never moving him. He's he's Who's taking that he, he's hurts. He's I? he's he's like eighty percent of what we need him to be, and that's why he's so frustrated. Yeah, you just, I mean it's coming. It's just because you can see enough. you can there, see that there. he could be there, but yeah. he's just not. There's, and we, we can we can move on to the next team after this. But I just want to. I don't know if you guys have anything else to say. But there, make no mistake, Daryl Morey will put his own personal stamp across the Sixers roster. It's coming. He's not just going to sit here with the pieces of all the former uh, GMs and, I mean, and play it cool. Prince is already on. That's Seth Curry. That's, that's Daryl Morey. Yes, yeah, but, I mean, I'm talking serious. I mean, like, you're you're the second, third best player yeah, you on your are, roster you are changing so over. You hope so hard. He will. There's no question about it. He moved. He got Chris Paul, then he got Russell Westbrook. He's not afraid to make big splash moves, as he's proven in the past. Like, Daryl Morey's a big ego guy, too. He will have his handprints, and we will see – I think, my my guess, a very splashy move. Right? We shall see. We Back shall to, see. Hold up. Just, can we actually get, say something about the Sixers and not just Toby <laughs> and why they're we here did, we talked on the power this. rankings? No, we, we talked a lot about it. We talked about it. We really did. did, we, did, we, did we, I just want to say that. Like, did, we, did we hurt your guy? No, no. Guy Toby, man? No, I don't care that much about Toby at all. <laughs> I just want to talk about the actual Sixers. Go ahead, We've man. mentioned Toby and Joel. That's it. I mean, the only thing I have to say is they do deserve to be this high on the list is that one – when Embiid's healthy, this team's very good, 12-5. and five. But two, in those games, we haven't seen an Embiid, Maxi, and Curry game. We haven't seen an Embiid, Curry, and Tobias game. We haven't seen this team really in full form yeah, and with everyone playing well. And Maxi hasn't fully learned how to play with Embiid yet either. Yeah, He'll get there. Dude, and, and he has his flashes, right? 
he has his stuff. Now Batiste is back. This team is deep. They have they they have good bench pieces. Andre Drummond's probably the best backup center in the league. Here, I mean, th- th- there's a lot going into the, how this team can be great, and they haven't fully gelled yet. I think the Sixers like really could be a great team. Yeah, me too. And that's why that's why I have them third because yeah. you you ride Embiid for three point five quarters in the playoffs, and then when they stop calling fouls and he's tired, you have someone else to give the ball to. Maybe it's Maxi. Maybe it's CJ McCollum. We'll find out. Seth. We'll find out. Seth Curry. Maybe it's Seth currently. I, I would. I, I would. The, the option for me would be Seth Curry. We we can move on because we have the second team, number two, the defending NBA champions, the Milwaukee Bucks. Very similar to last season. They come in uh, 2021-6, an offensive rating eighth and defensive rating a 62% win percentage. Last year, at this point of the season, six in offense, six in offensive rating, 10th in defensive rating, 63% win percentage. So they're on the same course as they were last year. And why wouldn't they? It, it also, they, they, they've, great they've completely now. rebounded from their championship hangover. I was about to say. That was total last season stash. Just putting stars. that out there. But they're just like, my point in putting that in is that this year they're just playing the same ball they played last year. And we know how that ends up. They were NBA, or NBA. I don't know why I can think of saying NBA champions. But they were <laughs> NBA champions. Giannis numbers are the exact same, right? 28 compared to 27. 11 rebounds, six assists. I mean, this team's doing exactly what they did last year. Drew Holiday has taken a step up. Chris Middleton has taken a step back. And that's like the small change. But they still do the same things. I think the Bucs are very good. They're 12-3 and three in their last 15. They're, they're just the Bucs. Yeah. And, and the Bucs are the champions. Have they, have they're just they, the Bucs. Have they, narrative time, have they reached that level where they their, their standard is just – Excellent basketball team. They're they're just they're just the bucks that we that's what we expect from them at this point. I would say with their current roster, I think they have. They, and Dante DiVincenzo will come back at some point this season. This too. week he's coming back uh, this tonight. Week? Do we know oh, really? what the deal with he's coming back Lopez tonight. is though? Lopez has played one game this year out with they had surgery on his back, which it's not like you ever get better from a back injury. Yeah, you kind of yeah, just have a bad back. Like so, I I don't and he he's up there anyway. Brooke, Brooks is up there anyway. So he got COVID. Um, I would say that. <laughs> If he's not like the same stretch splash mountain, return date some, uncertain. Yeah, he got, he got COVID. He hit some big shots in the net series that they're not moving on without. So I don't know. I think it's. I, I, we'll talk about the Nets here in a second. I think I I might like the Nets going in, even though they won the champion, even though the Bucks won the championship. I still like the Nets right. as my best. Team. I don't think you need Lopez personally. I think Bobby Portis is just way better, anyways. Um, now it would help to have Bobby Portis and Lopez. Like, of course, that's always good to have two guys. Uh, but I, I think this team's strong. I think no, Portis I think- is a piece they didn't have last year to this level, at least. I mean, it, and I was wrong about Divincenzo. This man went out and got COVID. He was supposed to play tonight, but <laughs> Matt was right. He's going to come back, mm. right? I mean, so I think I, I agree with you, Matt. I think – or James, you said that. I think I agree with you. They're just like the Bucks. This is their standard, yeah, right? They, and and they were a team that before last season you could look at chokes in the playoffs. Giannis isn't good in the playoffs. Well, all that's out the window now. So let's see what they do this year. And, and I mean, that a certain, it takes a certain level of team to hit that pinnacle of – or that plateau of greatness is, is what we just expect from you. But I do kind of agree with you with Brooke Lopez. I've always been like a, a, a little bit of a Brooke Lopez. You got to, you got to respect. I love, I love when Brooke Lopez snaps. But I think he's one of those players that you may not notice his complete impact until he's gone. Like a Danny Green for you guys, or um, you know, a, 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 another another role player that when he goes out, Brooke Lopez is a very smart player. One of the one of the smartest 
centers in the league. And without going out, Bobby Portis may have more talent, maybe a more electrifying, more exciting player. I think Brooke Lopez is a smarter one. And you just need that on any title. I agree. It's, it's, uh, you want them both. Well, Portis is the best. It's really funny how fine the line is in sports because if KD's shoe is a size smaller. Yeah, talking, seriously, yeah. We're, we're not about talking about any of this. We're, talking, we're not talking about the Bucks as like the standard or – we're talking about, oh, they fired Budenholzer. They're out in the second round again. Can they – yeah, they're good in the regular season. But it's just – the fine lines in sports are always so interesting. But man. he's not. He's a 14, not a 15. And the Bucks are champions. Yeah, and, 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 the, and the Bucks are champions because of that. Now, the Bucks are the same team. They look like the same team. Actually, a little bit better defensively this season, which is scary. But without without P.J. Tucker, without and, – and, that, and that's – for whatever role that is, PJ Tucker played a, a piece on a title team. That's that's a big that's a big loss or no going into that because because I'm like you, Kyle. I look at the NBA season at a macro level most times. Yeah, I'm trying to look at something very specific. They and 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 I'm and I'm kind of projecting, but a piece like that going to the playoffs, who who fills that? How do you yeah. how do you get over? Well, that? it's not one. It's not the PJ Tucker role. That's just no longer a part of the team. Now, they added, like, a Grayson Allen this year who's put mm-hmm. very productive minutes. Jordan Awar is a good rookie. There's different things that the team does now to where they don't really miss P.J. Tucker as much, right? Do they fill that role? No. But it's they don't need to. The when team's just different. They play the Bucks, right? They play the Bucks type of basketball, and now this year it's with no P.J. Tucker. But P.J. Tucker played the t- Bucks type of basketball. Sure, that, but now it's just different. Minded. But now it's just different. I guess – does that does that change the makeup of your team though? Like how how do you it's how like do you it's play? PJ Tucker. I mean, it's PJ Tucker. I don't know who do you who do you like now. Giannis is following Durant around, which he probably should have anyway. But now you can't like give him relief with PJ Tucker. I mean, who's your defender on KD in the playoffs if they do match up again? Which if you're projecting, you know, if you're projecting I mean, Giannis these was two looking, teams at Giannis the top, was looking coaches in the faces anyway and saying I'm guarding him. Like that's that's my guy anyway. So yeah. like maybe he just goes back to that. Like maybe. Giannis will gladly draw to the, the first defensive assignment. Yeah. And if you're a a, a depoy, then that's what you do, right? <laughs> like yeah, that's deploy. what you do. We'll move on to that team that we're alluding to, the team that Kevin Durant plays for, the Brooklyn Nets, being number one in the in the Eastern Conference power rankings. Crazy, which is tough for us as a, as a show. Because we said that when they weren't going to have Kyrie, that you couldn't stamp them down as, as a top three seed in the Eastern Conference. And here we are stamping them down as the number one team in the Eastern Conference. Um, the only team in the East with single-digit losses. So, it's you know, I don't know how you, you don't put them at number one, 20-8 overall. And they have maybe the MVP frontrunner jostling right now with, with Steph Curry and Kevin Durant, who to me that's amazing. His age after his injury He's coming out of what I think he's averaging with 31, 32 a game right now, something 29. like 29.6. So, so just just went for 51? 51. And, and, and in his words, that's light. That's light. <laughs> he, he told Cam Thomas, that's light for me. Yeah. That's number one Which team. Which is tough. I miss yeah, Cam that's Thomas. tough. I missed Cam Thomas as a sixth thing. We didn't even get him. Uh, yeah. That's <laughs> crushing that he for had the, to go to the Nets. For the Nets, though, um, it's a testament to how good Kevin Durant and James Harden are at basketball. It's, and Harden's having his worst year in a while. But too. he's still just playing like playing the, good. He's still playing well. For for me, that's why I really <laughs> rate the Nets because I think Harden's going to get better this year. Yeah, yeah. the it's, fact that he's been slumping and he and they're still the the number one seed just shows that I think by the time the season's over, they'll win the regular season East by like six, seven yeah. games. A lot of things. A lot of people, like, you have to understand there's a level of being a superstar in the NBA, right? Like, there's superstars in the NBA, but then there's 
KDs and Hardens, and now they're on the same team. Steph's in that category. LeBron's in that category. You can't throw too many other guys in that category. We the say Giannis team. is in that category. Giannis, like, I wasn't naming everyone. No, no. There's, I mean, I've but if we're talking about there. Eastern Conference competitors. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been Embiid up there then. Um, but now you got both of them on the same team. They're that good. KD is that good. He put up a light 51, as you just said, right? Mm-hmm. Who they got to go do third? Patty Mills? Don't. LaMarcus Aldridge? I, and I like Patty thing. Mills. But it's like, dude, this isn't the makeup of a team that should be first in the like these top heavy teams don't work in the NBA. I, I would agree with you if Patty Mills was not shooting forty four point seven percent from three on seven attempts a game. That's yeah. like no joke. That's like that's real. That's, that's a three yeah. point. That's three point shooter. So, yeah. yeah. You, we go back to a time where uh, so Lamarcus Aldridge and Patty Mills both ten point four shots per game. I haven't looked this up, but I'd imagine that the last time that they were doing that, they were probably on the same team in San Antonio many many years ago. Right. Uh, so. You know, you're getting production now out of guys like Lamarcus Aldridge, who had to retire, like Patty Mills, who I think was an afterthought. So if, and we, we can we can move to the elephant in the room, if Kyrie Irving does come back, I guess we have to view that as like kind of like the the bow, the bow on top. That that's that that's the bow. Or be. should we do the same thing we tried to do last time and be like, nah, it's gonna create problems on the court. I I can see it because here here's what I see for the Brooklyn Nets. I don't even think the Brooklyn Nets. I think they. Can, I can get better as an offensive team. Like I think that we we can see a better version because I don't even think James Harden is becoming the score that he can morph into if Kyrie Irving continues to be out. He's still only averaging 20, 20 points a game right now in the league, and I don't think he has a score first mindset. I still think he has a facilitate first mindset when he's playing. The longer Kyrie stays out, the more that goes back into a score first mindset because now I'm definitely the second person, the second option on offense, and that's never going away. And if James Harden gets back to a score-first mentality, a score-first mindset, the Nets could really break this thing open. And they're already one of the best offensive, not the best offensive team in the NBA, led by Kevin Durant. Let James Harden creep up into the top 10, top 15 scorers in the league. And now I don't, I don't care if you know, like they might be top heavy. They're winning yeah. championships. Yeah. And, and Harden just started taking more shots. Mm. Like there was a stretch of games, probably could be a month ago now, where Harden was taking like on average of like. Through seven straight games, he took like an average of like thirteen shots. Mm-hmm. It's not James Harden. That's not James Harden, especially man. Especially on a That's team a... where the third option's Patty Mills, and he's he's I still mean, averaging what almost ten assists and all, and yeah. eight rebounds a game. Like he's, he's leading still, the Nets in rebounds. I think this yeah, team is just man. that like, he's good. Still doing man. everything. You got like random guys playing a lot of minutes. Mm-hmm. Like DeAndre Bembry playing a lot of minutes. Like Nick Claxton was a key piece of that team before he got hurt, and I like Nick Claxton. But the way that this team is just getting it done night after night. With whoever's on the court, as long as KD and Harden are there, it's fine. Yeah, I think we ball. Yeah, David Duke <laughs> playing some minutes the other night. Yeah, we, we ball. It, do, don't even, it doesn't even matter. We ball. It doesn't matter. Who, Joe Harris, I mean, he could play. We know he could play. We ball. <laughs> Give LA some minutes. We ball. Like, <laughs> it's ridiculous. And that Blake's he's not like, even playing. Bro. Yeah, yeah he's, he's the. Blake got phased out. Lamar, Marcus Aldridge is like the knife twist. Like, oh. We finally we, we we held him. It's not it's not Durant. It's not Harden taking the shot. <laughs> right, you look the third, over the third pass. It's LA, fifteen feet away. <laughs> Cash. Cash off, every single off time. Gla- off, do- off glass. Doesn't jump. Doesn't jump. Right. Just, you look oh. over. He's standing there. Every possession. What are you gonna do? Waddling like, back on defense yeah. too. Oh tough. man, that that'd be tough. There goes our Eastern Conference. I just want to say Oregon. one thing. Go ahead. The team that we did not mention in this is the team that leads the Eastern Conference in point differentials not in the top five on the, our list. Is that? That's the Cleveland Cavs. I was going to say the Cavs. The Cavs. The surprise team. And, hey, 
Let, let's we'll, just wanted to give a quick shout out. Yeah, a, a little comment. We realize that the Cavs are fourth in the Eastern Conference right now. We realize that the the, the ball that they're playing, but it's a macro view now. Yeah. Low key contenders to now. get Ben Simmons. So, in the back here we got it. So Matt had the Cavs at six. I had the Cavs at seven. James had the Cavs at eight. I would have the Cavs at six. And yeah, Jake didn't go past his top five, so six. So I'm a slacker. So it sounds like actually, I'll do it right now. Um, yeah, Cavs would have been six on our rankings. Actually, no. Where would you have the Celtics? Seven or eight? Uh, or out of that? Out of spite, I might not rank this. this All place. right, the Cavs would be our six. So we're, we're, we hear them. <laughs> <laughs> if you had the Celtics seven, it'd be Celtics six. Jason Tatum didn't just spaz for a good I, one. Against, I, the, I, against, the Bucks, against the Bucks, against the Bucks, I, I, I almost He can do whatever he'd do. like to do. He's still wearing that green and white. I got you. Problems. Uh, we're going to take, take a timeout here. 500 last year, they're 500 this year. We're going to take a timeout right here. I'd officially... Fifty-nine minutes, because I'm. We're gonna. We're gonna have to cut. Um, I would cut did the, he win it? And then we wait. Cut what? Cut the did he I'll win it segment it next week. Keep it next, next week, week or that's an easy graphic like right. I can make too. Whichever yeah. one. And then and then we can also kind of tailor a little bit of the content. Better. Yeah. You just want right. to go into the winners right. and losers right. and not the browser. Yeah, it gotta be a little quick, but we can do yep. it right into. Yeah, it. I only have two of each. All right, ready? Yeah, just kick it to me, or I mean, end the segment and then move on. I didn't. I, did I officially end the segment? Shit, and I just come out with, all right, now we're going to move on to. Yeah, that's that's All right, anyway. All right, now it's time to move on to the rest part of our show officially. Winners and losers time, man. Yes, sir. Winners and losers of the week. Where do you guys want to start? You want to start with winners or losers? I like starting with losers. It's fun. All right, we'll start with one loser. And, uh, you know, I was going to say the Chicago Bulls, but I think I'm just going to say COVID in the NBA. Yeah. I mean, we've had. sports? Can you do sports in general? Yeah, sports in general. (laughs) God. But I had the Bulls down, but then I was looking throughout the thing, like, oh, apparently Harding's on COVID. I was just looking at his stats. Uh, DiVincenzo hasn't even played a basketball game. It's on COVID. I mean, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I mean, the league. so my point was that the Bulls had two losses last week and then two games postponed because 10 players are on COVID right now. But it's going everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I, I mean, mean, college football, too, now. I mean, I mean, we got the Rams. They have a huge win. And then the next day, wake up to, what, nine? You know, positive COVID test. Yeah, I, Odell I think, called a touchdown with COVID. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, and I think J- James Harden costs more points. It's much more than James Harden. I think there's like five nets something, or, and I think they're still going to play and tonight. It's going around. The yeah. I mean, we just saw uh, Sixers get done with it. Tobias, Matisse. It's, it's just a little, just a little reminder in everyone's mind that we're not over this thing yet. Like it's still here. Well, Omicron, we're still, we're still seeing the good thing for that. Omicron I mean, the, the only so, silver lining could be that you know you you get through your team does COVID and you're done for three months of being able to contract it. Allegedly, that's how that science works. I think. I hate that. The, I mean, the logic I tracks. Really I hate that. That like a, that is a way. Say it anyway, I think that's, that's true. That's a way of thinking about it. Out of that one. Yeah, that, that is a way. So, of pseudo about science. Pseudo this science. is what we deal in. All right, All right winner, Steph Curry. Uh-oh, all-time All three-point record was broken last night in Madison Square Garden. Uh, obviously, Ray Allen had it before. Took Ray Allen 1,300 games to set the record. Or he played 1,300 games. He set it in like 1,100. Um, and Steph did it in 789 games. It's not surprising. I mean, it's crazy. But when, when did you realize he was going to break this record? Oh, no, I knew he was going to break it. But he's a winner of the week. Six years ago, maybe. For sure, but yeah. that's no. I oh, was yeah, 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 question, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. like the beginning of one, once he and it's funny. It probably, probably that first game in the garden. Probably his, was when he record, dropped sixty some in the garden. Yeah, really, his record his at some point. Like, it's oh, just a matter of time. Oh, he can shoot, shoot. My yeah, question. it's a matter of time. Anyone breaking this record ever? No, because he's might get the, not for a while. If he say, I think it's unbreakable. Barring an injury, you know what? You know, like right, where is he going to go? He's going to pad it. He's going to pad it. Dude, I think it clips like four I think it's unbreakable. 
No one in the league now can break it. Oh, You'd no. have to be like a a next generation kind of. Yeah, which I mean, which, with the way the, with the way basketball is trending, they're gonna be shooting. You know, 40 yeah, we'll say so, too, so. So we'll go like this. Um, say he plays exactly thirteen hundred games. That's what Ray Allen did to put the record at this point. Steph still got forty percent of his NBA career left. Wow. Ray Allen played for a while though. I don't know if yeah, Steph's but Ray Allen. No, Steph missed a lot of games because of injury early in his yeah, career. Because Steph's thirty three, thirty four now. Yeah. No, I'm just saying, but like it took sixty percent of the games. To yeah, do it. yeah, like and, that's crazy. And the volume he shoots at, he can make up more ground in less games. That's how he did it in seven hundred eighty. Averages five made threes a game. Yeah. That's fifteen points all. Dude, threes. it's only like that's nuts. It's only like two games this season that he's had less than. Two three pointers. There was a time where I, I, you too, but I won't come officially. That we act like very actively rooted against Steph. Curry. I did. Just, yeah. just I would. I mean, the battles he had with the Clippers is really what fueled my hate. And I've come around I a lot. Like yeah. he, I mean, that's hands down. Obviously, statistically now, but hands down, the, the greatest shooter of all time. And he's gonna he's gonna continue to move up all time boards, not just as a shooter, but as a basketball all time like, point guard boards. Yeah, like you really got to start. There's this, there's like Steph could be the best point guard of all time. Yeah, you really got to start giving this man. He's flowers. number. I got him like three. Two, I got him like two behind Magic. Especially, I got him behind West. Still. Especially okay. if he wins, if he wins the MVP again this year, certain spaces. Yeah, he's in. He's in all right, spaces. loser. This is the funny one. Urban Meyer. Gotta be right. <laughs> a report Gotta came right. out in the loser thing. A report came out in the staff meeting that Urban Meyer called himself a winner and the rest of his coaching staff losers. Well, Urban, your team's two and eleven. You've lost five or six straight. Your number one pick's not working out, and you're having a horrible week. If in you're terms such of a PR. winner, how come you hired those people? He's the loser. losers. He is maybe like the single biggest loser in all of sports. Like I <laughs> hate Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer. He was really hateable before this. He was too. hateable before this, and now he put himself in the NFL spotlight. And it's like you are such a scumbag, dude. Mm. Like some, I, we don't have to go into all of it, but like shaky baby. Yeah, like, that that's like, scummy you know. of him. To and say. now he's like, yeah, I'm sticking in the pros. I'm sticking with the Jags. Are you still gonna have a job? And, right. and here's the thing, right? You, you, the you thing don't is decide that. They're gonna fire him, yeah. and they're gonna ruin Trevor Lawrence's career. Well, here's, <laughs> here's here's the most baffling part of that that um, the, the the piece you read, Kyle, the meeting that he had, is he made everyone go and prove their resumes and prove why they're here. Why didn't anyone be like, you prove why you're here? You're two and a half. I might have like, gotten you are the head honcho of this ship. Like, why you prove why you're here? I'm I'm surprised someone didn't get. Up in his face, knowing he's about a couple weeks out the door, Dude. and you probably are. Someone too. had to. Someone had to get froggy. I'm putting is, hands on her. I'm putting yeah, hands on. It's him. crazy. I'm like, putting hands on him. It sounds like he's just making excuses. It sounds like what Sean McDermott did. He's a huge – dude. Like, Belichick did not kill Well, he, he, sounds, he sounds like a classic – Yeah, but he didn't throw anyone else under the bus, though. He threw him. No, oh, I know. Urban Meyer or – No, McDermott. McDermott. Um, McDermott, yeah. Yeah, Urban Meyer calls everyone a loser. Like, it's, to, it's, me, it's, to me, it's classic narcissist, right? Like, when stuff's going wrong around you, it's it's all that's fault. It's, it's the circumstances' fault. It it's was, not my fault. It like, was actually like, the funniest part it, that was hilarious. And when they brought up him in the bar with the woman when they caught him out, yeah. he was like, oh, well, Trevor Lawrence had a had a, what was it, a 20, 21st birthday party in Vegas. No one said anything. That's your quarterback. He said that. And he's 20. <laughs> and, and, hey, and he's 21. Yeah. You're 50-something. Right. You have a wife. He's right. 21. Last one, winner. And uh, you guys are going to have opinions on this, but I'm framing the winner because this person won. That's Coach Prime. That's okay. Coach Prime in yeah, Jackson yeah, State, yeah. bro. They got the top-ranked corner. Oh, absolutely. Hey, yes. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah, a winner. Continue. Number two overall player in the country. That's Travis Hunter. Decommitted from Florida State and is now going to Jackson State. Winner, Coach Prime. 
Coach Prime, Jackson State, HBCUs, college football. So this, I'll get to it. Everybody but him. <laughs> Everybody but him is a winner. And and let, let, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about this from two from two different slants. The first slant I'll stay with Coach Prime and Jackson State. I oh, mean, you don't you, have to. You want you you, you want to talk about? Oh, yeah, Coach Prime winner, whatever he do, right. man. Like that's that's Sorry, prime time right. Deion Sanders. But you want to talk about influence? Like that is one of the most influential things he I've ever seen a coach. Won his first year as a coach, but but to to get a player to to, to decommit from a from a FBS top level D one program to go to an FCS school, I don't care what it is. That's one of the most influential things I've ever seen a coach and this do. This wasn't Iowa State. He no, no, it's just Florida. This is Florida State. State, especially now with the NIL deals and, and being able to make like you know money off your name and likeness, like. To, to, to get an, someone to, to decommit from ACC school, I don't think I've seen a, a coach do more something more influential. To be That's honest. who the big winner is, is NIL. And really, you could even say college football. Mm-hmm. A program with an $8 million budget for their athletics just out-recruited a program with a $155 million budget. Ooh. So, like, that right there is, is exactly, in my opinion, the power shift that you kind of want to see to shake up the college landscape. Absolutely, absolutely. Now let me talk about it for these guys. Uh-oh. What he said was interesting. He said the reason he did it is I want to, I want to, but the reason for me doing this is to pave the way for future athletes to show that there's, you know, a different opportunity to, to, to achieve your same goals. And I think that's a, a great message and that's awesome. Don't fumble your bag. Yeah, that's cool. Don't, don't <laughs> but- fumble your blessings. You are the number one recruit in the country. You need to go where it's best suitable for you, for exposure, for your NFL career, for how you're going to develop everything. It's got to be you first yeah. and the culture. And, and and that may sound selfish, and I don't want it to, but you got to take care of you first. Right. Don't worry about the culture and everything else before you worry about yourself. Now, I think he's a cornerback, yeah. and he's going to Jackson State coached by the best cornerback in NFL history. So, probably so a big playing one. against easier teams. Against, you know what I mean? So, so, so I, I understand the correlation there. But I, I don't want people to make I don't I don't want athletes to make a decision based on like what's good you know what's what's good for people moving forward and what's going to oh, be like no he made the decision because he wants to play for Coach Prime and and and, and that's that. and that's all he well and good and, and and that's all well and good right right and 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 that's all well and good and that's the broader scope of it but I wanted to focus on yeah. the, the don't fumble your bag man oh don't, yeah don't, yeah so but if, he, if he can play he'll end up in the league period well, they'll the find if you can play they'll find yeah, you yeah I don't mind sure. this move I mean. No, the I me- love the message the he gave is great, I mean, but he wants to play for Coach Prime. Like, he's not going to do this at another HBCU with some random quarterback on a bad team. He's going to Jackson State with the best corner of all time who just went 11-1. and mm-hmm. And he decommitted. He didn't decommit from Bama. He didn't decommit from Clemson. He decommitted from Florida State. Yeah, Florida State does Who went 5-7. and seven. <laughs> They do stink. Like, they've had some good years, <laughs> but they just went 5-7. and seven. They like, do. They do stink. I think it's cool. I think it's going to no, be cool. No, I, I, I definitely think it's dope. It's going to be awesome. And who knows? Coach Prime has – it's always cool when you create your own lane. He might have just created the, the next powerhouse in the SWAC. Crazy. They haven't won. They didn't want a playoff game in, in like close to a decade, and now they they got the number one recruit in the country. So that's awesome. But we're almost out of time for this episode of Straight Facts. As always, we can get some shots about the buzzer. Who's got a shot at the buzzer to go? Uh, I saw a shooting star. I told you guys this earlier. It's that's sick. beautiful, man. Don't fumble Dude, your I've shooting never stars. Never seen that in my life. That's why it just blew my mind. I was running late for work. Walked out my front door. In the morning, too. In the morning, yeah. I, I feel, hey, like, I feel like that's rare. It was like 6.05. It's still darker. Is it kind of It was dark, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I see this thing go across this, like, right in front of me. It was sick. And I just want to say that. What, what would you wish for? 
I fumbled the wish. Hey, yeah, but we're towards the end of my wish. So uh, I really did fumble the wish because I was just so amazed at what I saw. I was like, I hope I have a good day. <laughs> also, I the also, worst wish. I hope I have a good day. I, I think you also would like, it doesn't come true if you say it, right? Yeah, yeah, you already fumbled that as well. You told us what your wish was. That was, that was <laughs> you fumble number two. You, you, you told me the, the, the wish. Like, you put it out. Like, you made him fumble it. I'll break, I'll break <laughs> the fourth wall. It's 7.15 at night. Don't bring your wish around me, bro. <laughs> it's 7.15 at night. We started a good show. It was a good All right, time. That's a good one. We just got to say the money. Uh, so, I started my combat sports betting show live yes, on the sir. radio there last go, Saturday. We had UFC Hall of Famer Rashad Evans on. I don't know if you guys watched. Dope. It was awesome. He is the greatest guy that ever. That was the first show? Uh, yeah, first show. He started yeah. hot, man. He started yeah, hot, started, boy. He started a little hot. Um, but he had mentioned, so there was the biggest upset in uh, women's MMA history, women's UFC yeah. history. Yeah. Uh, Juliana Pena beat Amanda Nunez in the co-main event. Rashad told us, like, yeah, I've been around Amanda. Like, she's not looking right. Like, and he's like, I still wouldn't, you know, I'm not going to bet against her, but, you know, undefeated, she, she's just not looking right. Comes out, does not look like herself at all, gets steamrolled, which was kind of awesome to see the underdog win. Um, and on top of that, up 24 times my money on the night, I had Charles Oliveira by submission in the third round. Uh, only bet like a couple of dollars. On it. Like, I mean, but it was 19 to 1. Out. Yeah. 19 to 1. So uh, we had a great night. And just I hope you guys tune in. Yeah. Just, just cash. Awesome. So. I'm the resident soccer fan I've become on this show. I want to shout out Robert Lewandowski. He is Bayern Munich striker. He is, the record for most goals in a calendar year uh, is Messi with 91. That's not going to be broken ever. The second most ever is Cristiano Ronaldo with 68. Robert Lewandowski, sorry, with 69. Robert Lewandowski has 68 this year with one game to go mm. with a chance to Everyone talks about Ronaldo and Messi. Lewandowski is throwing himself right into that level. And most people don't know this, but he was robbed of the Ballon d'Or. I was about to say, this year, the last year, they canceled the Ballon d'Or mm-hmm. in 2020 because of COVID, because the French press were salty that they beat PSG in the Champions League final. That's mm-hmm. my conspiracy theory. Right. But they canceled it? They canceled the Ballon d'Or. And then this year, Messi won it. It's never wrong that Messi won they it. Canceled, but do you, but do you think Lewandowski award? should yeah, have won it? they canceled giving the award. They didn't give the award. What? Yeah. But do you what think the Levin- NBA just canceled the MVP? The MLB, when they had the striker, they still gave out the MVP in Cy Young. It was absurd. So, so do you think Lewandowski got robbed this year of the Ballon d'Or? I don't know. Messi was great internationally and carried a horrible Barca team to like a good placing. And then look what Barca's done since Messi left. So... But but Lewandowski, absolutely. We need to get give respect to Lewandowski. Lewandowski. I root for him because I'm Polish, so I root for him. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm a Polish soccer player. There you go. Um, all I gotta say at the buzzer is I know it's a couple days ago now, but it's the first time that we've gotten on the mic since it happened. I, I want to address what happened with Kevin Durant and the fan. Um, I, f- I forget who they were playing as they were as they were inbound, and the fan shouts out some obscenities at Kevin Durant. He yells obviously what Kevin Durant yells back um, at him. And then Kevin Durant catches a fine for it. Catches a nice little $20,000 fine, $15,000 fine or something. I just want to say, like, how bogus I think that is. That I don't know if that fan got punished or not, but I haven't heard anything about it. I've tried to research and haven't haven't seen anything. So I don't think he got punished. But I think it's, it's mad bogus that Kevin Durant is the only one that catches any repercussions out of that whole thing. And not the fan who yelled just as, as – 
bad a language at Kevin Durant as what Kevin Durant yelled back at him. And and the whole idea of fans being able to do or say whatever they want at games and the players have to just act like it's not affecting them or have to act like they don't hear it or stay professional because they're on the field, I think that's terrible. Because everyone's a human. Like, everyone gets affected by by certain things, especially if you're on the road and 20,000, 30,000, 40,000 people all shouting these same crazy obscene things at you and you're trying to focus on, at the end of the day, a game that you're playing when they're yelling personal things. Also, go back to LeBron trying to kick you know fans out of the stadium for saying, I hope Bronny dies in a plane crash or something nuts like that. Like, I, I think it's I think it's crazy that you know, Kevin Durant is the only one who has to, you know, deal with any kind of repercussion, any kind of punishment, and these fans don't. They essentially get to, to stay nameless because no one knows who these fans are. They stay behind a video, and but everyone knows who Kevin Durant is, and now his pockets are affected because he really just defended himself when someone says, "I don't know." I go on rants about these things. So I think it's crazy. Like I like. I, I hate personally just didn't see the incident you're talking about, but I completely agree with you. Yeah, I mean, I, as long, and do you know you you did you see the video? I, I, saw, I saw what he said. You know what and I mean? Honestly, I love. I'm from Philadelphia. I love that. I would, <laughs> Say it back, yeah. There's a certain line that you can't cross as a fan, but if I'm heckling, like, come on, during you're getting locked up by five or something like that, like, if I'm on you all night with that and you don't like that, you can go ahead and say whatever you want to me, but at the end of the day, like, then, as long as it's within the fan lines, like, that, that, that you, that's your trophy as a fan. Yeah, 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 yeah right, right, that's my move. As long as it's within, like, certain... But that's, but that's the point. It's yeah. not about... Correct, and correct. You, and yeah, you, can yell, okay. you can yell that all you want. You're getting locked up, you know, because that's cool. That's not personal. That's, for that's, that's, that's about for the team, game. This fan just yells something crazy. F you, KD, KD, you're a... You know what I mean? And it's like... If I'm Kevin Durant, yeah, F you back, bro. Cause, like, I love it. I love it. You know, I, I think you'd also be able to defend yourself. You know who agrees with that? Probably our guy, LeVar Arrington, and up on Game Network. Because that's all that we have for this time. Uh, for this episode of Straight Facts, it was a good one. I'm your guy, James Jackson. For my guys, Jake Kelly, Kyle Sirk, and Statman Robinson. Shout out to the Up on Game Network one more time. But these have been the facts. Straight up. <laughs>